Welcome to the Roast Podcast. I'm your host, Connie Blumhart, founder and publisher of Roast Magazine. Roast dives deep into the technical, sensory, and business aspects of the coffee industry, offering insights and expertise on the latest developments and trends to keep you informed. Today, we have an exceptional episode in store for you. We have the pleasure of speaking with Colby Barr, owner and founder of Verve Coffee, about the big roaster of the year win. So without further ado, Let's welcome Colby to the Roast Podcast. Hey, Colby. Hey, how's it going, Connie? It's good. Thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on winning Macro Roaster of the Year. Can you tell us a bit about the history and founding of Verve Coffee Roasters and how it has evolved over the years? We started Verve, uh, I guess we were just saying, <laughs> not to date ourselves, but yeah, it was 16 years ago and in 2000, at the very end of 2007, and it was really just an idea kind of a for me it was like that cliche thing of just that i really like coffee and i wanted to really start my own kind of company and so i was actually in a coffee shop one day in a college town and thought you know aha moment what about coffee so it was i'm like i am the cliche story of getting the coffee because it quote sounded cool and <laughs> i like hanging out in coffee shops uh, and my, a friend of mine from college, Ryan O'Donovan, he was kind of always, he was the coffee geek. You know, he was the one who always was work, had worked in coffee since he was 18 and weird little drive brews. And he worked through, you know, corporate places and then moved to Portland and was, um, doing that scene up there and then came back to the Bay Area. He hot top roasted. He, he was that guy. Um, and so I, I, once I had my little uh, cliche aha moment, I called him and said, Hey, what, where are you at these days? And he had just moved back to the Bay area and, you know, we, you know, one thing led to another and we ended up kind of deciding to start Verve. 16 years ago sounds, I mean, it's a long time ago. It's really amazing that you've been able to grow the company to what it is today. Did you ever think it would grow to the size that it is today? Oh yeah. No way. <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> I had got, before Ryan and I had decided to start Verve, I had actually gotten involved in a coffee shop in that college town in Chico, okay. California. Okay. And I ended up kind of having experiencing what it's like to be a quote coffee shop owner, a sole proprietor, you know, um, in charge of everything and knowing really nothing about coffee other than I liked it. Um, and so it was that year later that I decided to kind of take the rabbit, go down the rabbit hole a little bit deeper. And that's when I, you know, decided to call Ryan to really learn a little bit more where coffee comes from and start a roasting company and not just be a coffee shop owner. Um, so when we started Verve, uh, really the idea was that we just have this one coffee shop. We almost didn't even open a coffee shop. We were just going to open a roasting company, but we thought we really want people to experience coffee the way we intend it. And so we thought we need to really open a coffee shop so that way we can serve people coffee the way kind of we have envisioned, which it was not, it was just something we had in our heads. We didn't have some grand plan to your point. I mean, I thought Ryan and I would be, you know, making cappuccinos and lattes for the rest of our life. And it would just be cool. And we were going to try to be the rest, best coffee company in the world, but we kind of, sort of assumed or 
I don't even know that we thought that far ahead about it. I just, I thought, I think we, we thought we might be the only ones who get it or care, but we were still going to do it anyway. Cause that's kind of how, how, how we are. So we just thought we might be the only two people that kind of get what we're trying to do. But uh, fortunately, a few other people uh, picked up on it and approved. So yeah, now we're, now we are here. You're here for sure. Winning the Macro Roaster of the Year is certainly a significant achievement. What do you think sets Verve apart from other coffee roasters in the industry? I, I want to note too, when we started Verve, I, I um, Ryan and I, we talked about Roaster of the Year, and it wasn't something we ever thought we would win. It was, but it was, it was like a, a North Star in the early days when there weren't many North Stars. You know, we bought. <laughs> We went online and bought all your back issues of Roast Magazine, and we looked at all, you know, read all the, all the articles of people who had won. And it was, um, it was a, you know, it, it was and is, it's a, a benchmark um, of, a, of, of kind of standards and, and kind of a, and milestone moments. And so for us, it was a, a big thing then. And so it's crazy to think about having, you know, won it now. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, actually, kind of a full circle. Um, you, but how we got here and kind of what I think what sets us apart, you know, I was thinking about this and for me, it's, it's, it's the, it's really the team and it's the, 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 the culture of a team. And so I think that's what really, that's what sets everyone apart from each other. I mean, I wish I could, I don't necessarily wish, but you know, if we had some, really crazy IP and, and little gadgety inventions that was some moat that set us apart. But really at, at the end of the day, and we, we have a lot of things we do in innovations, but really at the end of the day, the what sets people apart, restaurants apart, businesses apart, the the most important thing to me is always the culture and kind of the, the, the mission of that the culture kind of rallies around. And so for me, cultures is about, um, is a shared perspective on something like the culture is what do we all agree and feel consciously and subconsciously we're trying to go do and what is acceptable, not acceptable for, we're really into standards. And so for me, a lot, you know, a culture of standards and a culture of innovation, you know, you can, you can have innovation or you can have a cool product. Um, you can have, um, some quality, but to have a culture of quality, a culture of innovation, a culture of product development, a culture of coffee excellence, and a culture of like, kind of like team excellence. Um, I do think that's what set us apart in the beginning and kind of helped get our name, make our name, along with, you know, our caring about coffee and being early to the mo movement. But really the, the, the culture is, I believe, what sets us apart, or at least it's our distinction. And, um, yeah, we wouldn't be here without it. And that's, you know, that's where I, I keep a lot of my kind of thought and attention. Yeah. I think from your written app, as you know, the written application of roaster of the year, it kind of has several different categories and, uh, sustainability, innovation, employee trainings, um, how you approach the industry. And it was really clear from your application that, you know, you check all those boxes. And when you're talking about the culture of Verve, it was really clear in your application that that's, that's your goal. And that's from what you're saying, um, you know, that's 
that's working for you and that's what's made you so successful. It's pretty awesome. Um, sustainability is a critical aspect of coffee production. Could you share some of your sustainable practices and initiatives that Verb has adopted? You know, I think sustainability is partially a state of mind. You know, um, what is sustainable um, and, 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 and kind of how we approach it in the roast, a lot of it in the roast of the year application is, you know, environmentally. Um, and I studied environmental studies in college, so it's always been important to me personally. But um, I think it's just important for all of us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's called sustainability. So if we want to be sustainable, it's like probably should do it. Um, and, you, you know, at, at street level, you know, around our roastery and things like that, we've done a lot of things like, uh, we have full solar on our facilities. It's like, I think, um, over 80% of the power for our whole facility and roasting included, everything is, is done off solar, you know, all uh, kind of some of these, to, not, some of these kind of things that we all should do as, as roasters, you know, composting chaff and the jute bags have a second life and kind of just, trying to be really efficient um, with our operations, kind of operational efficiencies of the sustainability of our, of our facilities. Um, also like partnering with, um, we like always try to partner with sustainable kind of innovative companies whenever we can. Um, uh, like you know, we're working with this company called Cruise Foam that's making them, um, you know, insulation out of basically like shrimp shells and kind of all this crazy stuff, fully biodegradable. It's really, really, really efficient. They were making, um, and they are making um, surfboards out of it, but then they are oh. finding these other, yeah, cause like, it's like a foam. And so they're finding all these other, other ways they can use it. So we're one of their kind of like pioneering partners to use it um, in packaging. Okay. So we've been shipping our RT, our RTD in it, um, partner with another company called Gaia, Gaia star. That's making, that's, we're going to be a launch partner with them making these, um, kind of like they're like single use but they're made out of um, like a clay uh so they're like a disposable single use clay cup it's 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 kind of you can look them up gaia star g-a-e g-a-e-a-s-t-a-r gaia star they're really interesting we'll be so things like that we just launched compostable mailers they're like true true compostable like put them in your backyard they're gone in i think like six months so we do that kind of stuff um anywhere we can trying to always look at angles i'm sure you can always do it better. That's the thing about sustainability. There's always <laughs> more, always right? It. There's al there's always more. So we're always looking, and 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 our team keeps us in check on that. Um, and and then at farm level, you know, a lot of it just the sustainability in, in my mind is we have environmental things where we work on there um, projects we work on, and we're starting to lean more into like biodynamic, but dynamic um, work. Some of our partners are kind of heading that way and we're, we're, we're going to work with them and support, support those initiatives as they kick them off. Um, we did a nursery project in Colombia um, planting 60,000 uh, Chiroso seedlings that turned out to be, it's one of the copies we sent in for a rest of the year um, blind cupping. Um, it's such a great coffee. Um, we're going to be planting more nurseries, trying to create um, a seed bank and access for people to plant more coffee. If they want to plant more coffee, uh, you know, sustainable, um, what, you know, um, but more kind of heirloom type varieties that produce great cups, but also producers want to um, work with and that work in that area. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, th I, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, to me, the sustainability is also the sustainability of farmers, which is, you know, pay the farmers. So um, it's got to be equitable for all parties, but, um, and we need customers ultimately to pay for 
that that coffee, which is kind of our value proposition. But you know, sustainability at farm level is you know making sure you know you can pay farmers equitably for the extra work they do and the hard work they do. So, um, well, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of those. Uh, I really think that the like the environmental work you're doing is really cool. And I think nowadays, like the bar for sustainability at farm level, like you're setting the bar. So uh, hopefully people <laughs> will read the article and they'll be able to see all the things that you're doing at farm level too. Uh, coffee trends are always changing. What do you see as the future of specialty coffee and how is Verve positioning itself in this evolving landscape? You know, I, Having, I, I mean, I, I, we've been here since 07. I'd say, you know, definitely part of the early adopter innovation, early adopter crew of third wave. So we've seen quite a bit of it. Um, it it's really interesting to see it always evolving. I mean, that's the thing about life. Um, it's always in motion, right? So, you know, we've worked with like, um, we have a lot of friends um, in different industries around here in Santa Cruz. So, specialized bicycles we're, we're tied into the you know the bike community a lot tech world um but uh, we work with a specialized um uh, bicycles and they have a in their marketing room they have a, like a huge thing across their wall it's i mean it's like 50 feet long or something it just says innovate or die and i think you know whether it's like you know innovate or die innovate or die or you know like dory like keep swimming or stay hungry i mean i don't know just the innovation won't end and there's always new people coming up with new ideas and new perspectives. That's how we wedged our way into coffee with Verve and, and being different than our predecessors. But I, I, I think, I, I think where we, where I see coffee going is that it's kind of interesting. I think what we do quote unquote, um, like Verve, et cetera, um, it's, you know, in general, coffee is getting better across the board and more widely spread and more accessible. Again, I was just in, uh, Asia for a few weeks. I was in Japan visiting our crew there. And, and then I went to Taiwan and went to the fest coffee show there. And I brought back 35 coffee roasters, coffees, and they're amazing. So it's, it's, it's happening out there, but I think, um, I think third wave quote unquote, is more becoming expected. I, I'm talking within our within our niche world, right? Like people again, latte art on photos at 7-Eleven in Asia. So, not to say they're pouring latte art, but they're marketing it. So, I, I really think what we all do is more to be expected, and what the next generation, the the the, the come ups. What I, I what I'm sort of seeing is there's a almost a, a split, like a divergence around what we all do. We're kind of up the middle um, as a whole industry. And I'm seeing kind of a a divergence where there's people becoming even crazier coffee geeks. And they're like, you know, I mean, puff preparation and all the espresso tools and Discord, you know, just the Discord channels and all that's so fascinating. It's really deep. Um and I think that's massive, the home enthusiast coming to mainstream. I mean, that's how we started Verve, right? My partner was, he had a home espresso machine at his house and hot top roasted and we started Verve. Um, and then on the other side of it, I think there's also a bit of an anti. 
and I'm and I'm not, not not to knock anyone at all. I it's 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 um. So when I say an anti, um, it's not to diminish anything. It's just it's a it's a style and a stance. But you see, like you know, like the Emma Chamberlains, and sort of more like let's make coffee fun and like this is too geeky and like we just want to kind of like make coffee accessible and like twenty ounce iced latte plastic pink cups are back. And I don't know if it's like a '90s thing. I did see a girl like rollerblading the other day with like a yellow Walkman, and I was thinking like cassette Walkman. I was like thinking, okay, everything comes full circle. So I, I do indeed. think there's a bit of a, right. So I, I think there's oh, yeah. a little divergence. I think people are getting geekier and people are kind of rebelling against the geekiness a little bit. Um, and those are like these little forks happening. And then, and then also there's just kind of down the middle um, as well. And I'd say how we're positioning ourselves is I mean, we're we're definitely not a try to please small company, but I do think um, what we do is what we do, but we will always be an innovative company. Um, you know, one of our kind of taglines is like crafting the future of coffee. So we want to be innovators and we think the future is more craft. And so, yeah, we'll be leaning more into like the home espresso scene and discord and all of that, as well as, you know, we, we, we keep, but then on our social media is like really fun. The, the woman who runs our social media, she's amazing. And like our TikTok, I love what she does on our TikTok. And that's just more kind of keeping it fun as well. So um, I think for me, it's a culture of just continuation and don't ever rest on your laurels and don't get in an echo chamber and, you know, stay progressive or whatever, stay hungry, innovate or die, all these things. And um, right. just kind of, um, you know, keep keep the flame lit. Um, you kind of just said this, but I'm also wondering what advice you'd give to aspiring coffee roasters or people looking to enter the coffee industry based on your journey. Um, you know, if it's your calling, it's your calling. And, you know, you know, ignorance is bliss. If I, <laughs> uh, if I knew what it was going to be like, um, about 18 months after we started Verve. I don't know that I would have ever started it, but I'm glad I got through all of that. We got through all of that. And then, you know, there's COVID. It's it's gnarly, you know, being a business owner or, an, or you know, doing all this is, is hard is hardcore. And um, I think, you know, people, I think ignorance is bliss. And so like, if you're feeling it and you're ready to go and you're hungry and you want to do it, I say, do it. <laughs> but um you know, be prepared that it's like someone, someone told me this once, it's, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. And I didn't know what that really meant until I like did it. And I think there's something about that where it's, you know, it's kind of full-time. It's not kind of full-time. It is absolutely full-time. It will dominate you. If you're really into like work-life balance, don't become an entrepreneur. Um, and uh, I mean, you, I'm kind of kidding because you, you can figure it out and balance it all out, but you, it's harder than you think it's going to be. Let's put it that way. Um, I'd say, you know, things to ask yourself is, are you wanting to just open a shop or are you wanting to create a brand and create a business? Um, how are you going to be different? You know? Um, and what's kind of your aha moment angle that's making you want to do this? I mean, I say all this, but then when you asked me, how did I start? I said, I thought it would be fun because coffee shops were cool. And now we have Verve. So take it all with a grain of salt here. But um, again, if I could go back to my 
previous self, I'd have a few pieces of pieces of advice, but ultimately you just have to have the passion and commitment to do it. And then I will say, if you're going to do it, then do it. You know, if you want your plan A to work, then don't be thinking about plan B. So don't kind of half ski it. Just if you're going to do it, do it and try to, I would say, try to think about how you're going to position yourself to be different. It'll help you out a lot. Yeah, I agree. Also, oh, go oh, yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say also have a lawyer draft your documents oh. and get an accountant right away and don't try to wing it all on like, you know, like don't chat GPT it, which I mean, chat GPT is great, but get a lawyer, get an advisor and get an accountant. You're making me kind of nervous. I don't have, I mean, I didn't do those things at first. I guess I, I have either, all those so. now, but I right? think to, yeah, I think to reiterate as a small business owner, I don't think people realize, you know, how much work it is. And you, I feel like to get to where roast is today, I had to be tough as nails, you mm -hmm. know, you mm -hmm. just dig in and you just camp back down. And, um, I think as a small business owner too, it's hard to make, have to make all the decisions all the time. When people ask me what the hardest thing is, that's what I always say. Um, yeah, it, 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 that's interesting. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, it, it, you learn to become decisive because there's just too many things, too many decisions to make. And um, I, I remember when I had, when I got into the, you know, like I said, the coffee shop I had um, in uh, Chico before we started Verve, I remember my like wake up moment was the day I forget something happened. And, and my sort of instinct was to like, look to someone to ask them the question about what, what should we, what do you think we should do here? And then realizing there's there's like literally no one else to ask because you are the end of you know you're the you're the end of the road in decision making. Everyone can ask questions up a, a ladder through a chain or whatever, but like you you it's like you're it. So um, yeah, it gets pretty real when you have when you realize you are the only person that can make the decisions, and they get sometimes pretty significant. It is very true. And I 100% agree with you. So thank you so much for your time today. Congratulations on your Roaster of the Year win. To learn more about Verve Coffee, read the full article in the November-December issue of Roast, available at roastmagazine.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your support means the world to us. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Cheers.